Come on. Welcome to Life Blood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Kayla Rebecca Mason. Kayla, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am ready. All right, let's let, let's go. Kayla is a holistic health coach. She is a human design practitioner. Excited to have you back on the show, Kayla. Tell us all a little bit about personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yes, um, I am. Uh, I've gotten into human design more recently. I work with people essentially to help them figure out what their life purpose is to figure out how they feel more, how they can feel more aligned with what they're doing here. Um, and I personally believe that one of the things that is going to help us along with ev- the evolution of humanity is this concept of everyone learning what they're here to do and being able to step into their power and being able to step into the reason that they're here, finding that alignment. So if I can help, that along, if I can help people to find that alignment, then I am doing my part to better the universe. Oh, amen. I love it. So <laughs> we, you were, you were just on the show and we had a, a general conversation about human design and you reached out and you said, you know what, why don't, why don't we do a reading of you, George, and we can just do it on one of the episodes. And I thought that sounds awesome. So that is exactly what we're going to do. So if you haven't listened to the first episode with Kayla, um, check that one out. Maybe pause and go back. It should just be the previous episode, or you can listen to that one afterwards. But so we're actually going to get uh, here a a live, even though it's recorded, live recorded live, <laughs> actual human design recorded reading. live. Yeah, so you'll you'll get a sense of what it really how it how it works out, but then what the experience is like. So super excited, Kayla. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so you ready to dive in? Let's go. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so I think I sent you a copy of your human design chart. Do you have that in front of you? Got it. I love it. Amazing. Okay. So the thing that we're probably, that we're going to touch on initially in here is your type. Um, so as I mentioned in the previous podcast, and I'll reiterate here, um, there are five different types in human design. Um, the, the, five different types. Uh, We have the generators and the manifesting generators who make up about 70% of the population. And that is the group of people who are here to do the doing. They are here to become masters of the things that they've been put here to do so that they can do all of the things that need to be done in that category. Um, So one of the things that exists within human design is that that 70% of the population, a good portion of those people are not living in an aligned space right now. And I believe that is one of the things that has our earth off balance. Um, So uh, the other two, the other three types um, are people who are meant to do more of like the organizing. Um, the next one are projectors. Uh, projectors are the seers, are the, uh, the wise guides. 20% of the population are projectors. Um, and projectors are not meant to do the doing. I'm a projector. We're meant to guide others and help organize other people's energy. Um, The next type are manifestors. Manifestors only make up about 8% of the population, and those are the only type that can initiate 
and can make things happen on their own. So they are the people who run companies. They're the people who walk into a room and say, you do this, you do this, you do this. Everyone goes to work and the manifestor continues to figure out what happens next. Um, the last type are called reflectors and reflectors are, there's only 1% of the population, even less than that, um, are reflectors. And reflectors essentially absorb everything from the world around them and reflect it back. So if you find yourself in the presence of a reflector, or if you yourself are a reflector, these are people who are very, very different from anybody else. It's, um, they kind of give you an image of who you are without even speaking to them. Um, so as we move into your reading, George, you are a generator. So you fall into the category of the people who are here to do all of the doing. Um, you are a someone who is destined to master the things that you are here to do. And when you are feeling in alignment with yourself and with the universe, you are doing exactly what you need to be doing. So um, I'll just talk a little bit about what being a generator means. Um, so if you look at your chart, the thing that decides on the chart, if anybody else has charts, look at your chart. We'll talk about it a little bit right now. Um, the numbers that are listed along the side of the chart on the left and the right side, those are the gates, kind of the, uh, if you know anything about the I Ching, they relate to the I Ching gates that were in the uh, astrological location based on each of these planets at the time that you were born. So the ones on the right side are the moment you were born. So if anyone's in, into astrology, if you actually look at these gates and compare them, they fall into the same places as far as the astrology chart where your sun and moon and, uh, and Mars and everything would fall. Um, the numbers on the left side are your unconscious traits. Those are about three months before you were born, which is considered the point when your soul enters your body. Cool. So we have, yeah. So yeah. If, if, if somebody wants to pause and go and, and get their chart and then they can sort of follow along, give us how, 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 how can they do that? Okay. Yeah. So if you go to freehumandesignchart.com, um, you can put in your name, your birth date uh, and your birth time and location and you will be able to get a generator, a, a chart, a chart generated. You'll be able to create your own chart so that you can follow along on here. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So um, all of these gates that, that showed up in the stars at these given times then translate into the human design chart, which is the thing in the center there. Essentially, all of the numbers that you see in the chart, each one of those is always in the same place, but based on what gates were lit up because of where the stars were when you were born and that point when your soul entered your body, they get lit up in there. And when gates are lit up and create channels, meaning they connect lines between each center, that is what lights up the centers and that is what decides what type you are. So when we look at your chart, um, for anyone who can't see it, 
uh, you have three defined centers, meaning there are three centers on there that are colored in. Um, for you, it is the pink center in the, set in the bottom, the square right in the middle, um, the triangle over to the right, and then the diamond right above that, that uh, square in the center. Um, so because you have this pink square filled in, that is your sacral center, and that is what makes you a generator. So the thing that differentiates generators from and manifesting generators from the rest of the types, the 70% of the population, is that you have a defined sacral center. And that defined sacral is an, a direct connection to universal intelligence. So you literally listen to your gut to make decisions and to know where it is you need to go and what you need to do next. And when you listen to that gut response, that's literally the universe telling you, yeah, do this thing. Nah, don't do that. So before we go any further in this, have you personally noticed that you have this kind of like inner gut feeling about things? And thousand, have you noticed what happens when you follow it and when you don't? A, a thousand percent. I've, I, I, I definitely, uh, it, it, it's such an interesting thing when, when I started thinking about this stuff, like, well, doesn't everybody feel this way? And not necessarily, right? It's like you are, we are all actually unique in some form or fashion. And some people feel it differently than, than, than others do. So, so for sure, um, I've, I, yes. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's interesting that you say that because I don't have a defined sacral center and I don't have that gut feeling. It's the kind of thing where I, for, you know, most of my life, and this is something else we'll talk about, but when you have open centers, conditioning can come in. And for most people who have undefined sacrals, we're surrounded by people who do have defined sacrals and are conditioned to believe we're supposed to be able to listen to our gut. And then we try to, and it's a constant uncertainty, constant indecision, constant, I don't know, I don't know. And then we feel like we can't trust ourselves. So having that defined sacral center is a gift. It's this space of, yeah, if you listen, if you ground down, drop into your sacral and you listen to what it is telling you, you will always be going the right place for you. Hmm. That's, that's a, that's such a, I think that that's such a, a blessing to, to yeah. know that you ought to trust that instinct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that we discuss in human design, and when you look at the chart, you can see that the, the centers that are in the head space are separated pretty much from the rest of the chart. Um, that is because you are not supposed to use your head to make decisions ever. <laughs> <laughs> Always getting the me in head. trouble, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many times have you had a gut feeling and then gone to justification and then gone to pro con list and then ended up driving yourself crazy? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things with the sacral center is that you have essentially three answers that come to you when you ask a yes or no question. Um, so the way, the thing that I usually tell generators to do initially is to just start asking themselves yes or no questions 
for things that are inconsequential so that they can start to um, kind of work that muscle and notice what it feels like when their sacral center is saying something, is saying, yeah, you know, do this thing. Um, so when you ask a yes or no question of yourself or when someone else asks you a yes or no question, you get one of three answers. Yes, do that thing. Nope, I don't want it. Or I don't know, try again later. And it's when you hit that, I'm not sure, not yet, undefined, that often you will default to your head. You'll default to the parts of you that you've been conditioned to believe you're supposed to make decisions from, rather than taking a step back and saying, okay, I don't have the answer to this question yet. I'm going to move on and ask again later. Yeah. Yeah. It is a, uh for whatever. Yes. That, 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 that's a thousand percent how, how I tend to operate is, and you get yourself in trouble when you're uncertain and then you start to overthink things. And I start to overthink things and try to analyze it from every different angle and outsmart everything. And yeah, it doesn't normally end well. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other part of being a generator and having that sacral center is that you have unlimited energy to do the things that you are meant to do. So with that defined sacral center, you have the way that it's been described to me, because again, I don't have a defined sacral, um, but the way it's been described to me is that it's kind of like this burning, that when you start doing something that feels that's in your space and feels really good for you, and you're getting a sacral yes for it, it's like this burning sensation that keeps you moving and keeps you going and you can just keep going and you don't get tired. Is this something that you have also experienced? For sure. For sure. And that's, you know, it's evidence by the fact that I did 500 podcasts last year. It's obviously something that I like and it's easy for me to do. And, and for right now it's, it's with, it's with writing and I could, you know, write thousands of words every day. So there you go. Yeah. And it feels to me like this is something that really lights you up. Like it feels like this is something that gets you excited. And those are the things. It's that thing that lights you up, that gets you excited, that gives you that feeling of, yes, I'm doing this thing. Mm -hmm. That's that sacral yes. Yeah. And it is such a, it's such a powerful thing. Um, and to your sort of point initially about how 70% of, of the world are generators and how the vast majority of those folks are not aligned. And so that, and you're, you're going to get into all this, I'm, I'm sure, but that just mm -hmm. responds to just dis, just dissatisfaction, un, unhappiness, frustration, and all that. Absolutely. And that actually leads us directly into the next thing I want to talk about, um, which is your self-theme and your not self-theme. So if you look at the chart over on the left, side here, you'll see something that says themes, and you see satisfaction and frustration. So you literally just said both of those words, which says to me that you are absolutely a pure generator and feel all the generator things. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the self-theme for a generator is satisfaction. It's that feeling of, yes, I'm doing the thing, and it feels really, really good. And it feels, it's, it, it's almost that space of gratitude, that space of knowing that you have all the things that you need. 
Um, so that's another thing that I actually talk to generators about is grounding into gratitude, is finding a gratitude practice and allowing themselves to really figure out what it is they are feeling grateful for and then leaning into that and asking themselves those yes or no questions to get to where their sacral wants to go. Yeah, I think that that's such a, it's such a powerful thing to, if, 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 if you are somebody who is a generator and you're just feeling constantly frustrated and stifled, it's just, it's a function of how, how can I figure out what it is that I want to be doing? And I know that we can't just all of a sudden start doing that necessarily because we have obligations and bills to pay and all that stuff. But if you can just start to do a little bit of it and a little bit more and a little bit more and just figure out how you can chip away and make the life that you want, slowly find your way to that. Um, that's, that's really kind of the trick, but unless you know how you're wired, then you're never going to be able to figure it out. Exactly. Um, so like you just mentioned frustration, when you have that space, when you start to feel frustrated, it's in that space that you kind of get a little guidepost. It's that moment of, Oh, okay. Maybe whatever is happening here is not me living in my design. Maybe I'm doing something in here that is, that is pushing me further away from what I need to be doing. Um, so I often, when, when you start to have that moment of frustration, I think a good thing to do is to ground into gratitude and then also to, to bring in some of those questions, those yes or no questions, giving yourself, uh, the space to feel what the sacral really wants. Um, and from there, this brings me into the generator strategy. So when you look over to the side, um, it says strategy on the left side here, and then says respond. I like to add to that, wait to respond. So the thing that happens when you have this direct connection to universe is that the way you are designed is to respond to stimulus. So when something comes to you, when you're asked a question, when somebody puts something on your desk, when a book pops up in front of you at a library, you have the space to respond to it because you can listen to your sacral and you can get that yes or no answer. But if you try to initiate, if you try to insert yourself, if you try to be the person who does the grabbing and the grasping and the reaching out, you might often find yourself feeling um, unfulfilled, feeling frustrated because you are designed to wait and respond to the things that come to you. So when you try to use a strategy that doesn't work for you, you are obviously going to be left feeling frustrated. So is this something that you have noticed for yourself? Yeah, this was, uh, this has been the hardest piece of, I think probably my entire adult life. And certainly when I found and discovered human design, very recently, I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I, I'm, I'm, my favorite quote used to be in life, you're either the hammer or the anvil and I'm the hammer because I do things. I don't wait for things. And so it's contrary, directly the opposite of what human design is telling me. And so the idea of letting things come to me, I was like, what are you talking about? I am going to run through walls until I get exactly what I want. Um, and so that's something I've been working on and, and trying to 
trying to, to, to figure out how to wait to respond. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm awesome at it. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I actually, I want to challenge what you just said, the idea of being the hammer of the anvil and say that you are the hammer, but the hammer is not the initiator. Mm. The hammer is really good at what it does. It is, it has mastered being a hammer. <laughs> the initiator is the person holding the hammer. So essentially you are waiting for someone else to pick up the hammer. So you can say, yep, I'm here and I can do this hammer thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Somebody pick me <laughs> up. <laughs> All I want to do is hit stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need to put out like a personal ad. So, um, so this is, this is such a tricky thing because I can, I, I, I'm, 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 gra- I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. And I guarantee people who are listening that the, they're generators and they're salespeople. They're like, well, how am I supposed to do my job? So how, how, how do we reconcile that? Or I want a relationship. I'm just supposed to sit here and wait for my phone to ring. So yeah, I, I think what can be really difficult in this space is the acknowledgement that it's not our head that is making these decisions. So if we learn how to, to ground into our bodies and listen to what the body is saying, it will tell you where to go next. And it's not a matter because I think the big difference is that when we are trying to initiate, when we are using our brains and saying, I think the next thing I should do is insert blank here. Our sacral center, that defined sacral that you have is telling you the universe is saying, you need to do this and this and this next. And if you do this and this and this next, you might end up getting the things that you think you should have, but it's not about what you think you should have. It's about where you're meant to go. So if you, rather than worrying about having to wait, rather than getting caught in the space of what happens if I don't go and do it right now, to literally ground into that gut feeling and to start to hear it more often. Because the more you follow that gut feeling, the more you're already going to be doing the things you're supposed to be doing. And as you work that muscle, I have one client who I've been working with who has been really learning to ground into uh, their sacral center. And over time, what's been happening is that initially it was very, very difficult because they couldn't hear it. They didn't know what it was they were waiting for. But as you start to hear it and as you start to recognize, oh, it's that feeling. It's that feeling that I ignore when I walk into my place of work that tells me I don't want to go sit down at my desk. It's that feeling that tells me that I want to go watch TV and spend the day uh, relaxing when I have to go and do X, Y, Z. It's that feeling that I need to be following. And it almost becomes a space of freedom because it's like, oh, I don't have to do any of the planning. I don't have to initiate anything. Once you get that sacral impulse, you'll know what to do next. I love it. So yeah. when I find myself really noodling on things and, 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 and exercising the old brain, 
it could be a good mm-hmm. practice for me just to just to close my eyes and and to 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 ground and grab a quick meditation or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that I've been, uh, I had one generator client recently say to me is that he had been meditating in a way that um, he was visualizing. He was using his brain. He was doing a lot of Mm. like, you know, visualization mindfulness. Um, And he started to rather than do that, just focus on sensing, diving into how his body was feeling. And that gave him the space to be able to check in and notice what was actually happening underneath. So I think that can be a really powerful practice for generators. I like it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Okay. So the next thing that I want to touch on for you is uh, is your inner authority. So while we just had this whole discussion about your sacral center, which is very real and very important for you, um, when it comes to big decisions, when it comes to things that you need to make sure that you're making the right choice, it's not just, do I want a hamburger or a hot dog? You have to check in with your emotional solar plexus. So if you look over to the left side here where it says inner authority and it says creative solar plexus, um, you can also call this emotional. Um, that's, it's not written there, but that is the emotional center is what we're talking about here. So the brown triangle that is toward the right side of your chart is your emotional solar plexus center. So this is where all of your emotions live. And since you have this center defined, you need, you feel all of the emotions that humanity is able to feel that is part of your design is being able to feel those feelings. Um, And any decision you make has to go through your emotions before you can make it. So what does that mean? That means that you need to give yourself time. Mm. When it comes to allowing your emotions to calm, um, I like to think of the analogy of a pebble in a pond. So if you throw a small pebble into a pond, it'll make a small ripple and then it'll calm again. So if you are calm already and you can make that small, okay, let's make a decision, you're still calm. If you take a boulder and throw it into the pond, you're creating insane unrest. This is what happens when you, for instance, make a split second intense decision that changes the lives of all of the people. So is this something that you have ever noticed that you need extra time for decisions? Oh, for sure. It always, it's always wise of me to, uh, to uh, sleep on things for sure. Yep. Yeah. I usually say at least 24 hours for uh, decisions and sometimes longer for bigger decisions. Um, But yeah, to give you that space to sleep on it, to give you that space to let your emotional center calm. And I think this speaks again to that space of, doing a meditating from a space of checking in rather than visualization. So it is again, checking in now with the emotions as well as with the solar plexus. I mean, with the sacral center. So if I could just walk through an example on that one, if, if, if somebody calls me or or reaches out to me and says, George, we'd love for you to present at XYZ conference. And 
before I, I answer, my body is probably saying yes, no, or maybe, but it's important that, that I say, Hey, let me reach back out to you and, and give you my answer tomorrow. And then is it a function of, I'm just, I, I I'm asking myself again, do I want to do that? And then getting a, figuring out what, what, what my body and my instincts are telling me. So the way that I like to think about it is it's kind of like you need to work through and calm the emotional waters before you can hear the sacral answer. So your goal here is to be able to hear your sacral center more effectively. Um, there is definitely a space of when you feel good about something, it's more likely a yes. But the moment that you're talking about, that moment right when someone asks you that question, the trap you can get caught in with an emotional, uh, an emotional authority is that if you get really excited about the idea of it in the moment, that's the space where you have that heightened emotion. And you, if you make the decision from the heightened place of emotion, rather than listening to your solar, your uh, sacral center, that's when you're going to wish you hadn't made the decision. So if when you are asked the question, you feel like you're in a calm space, you can very clearly hear your gut response, your sacral response, then you can probably know the answer to the question. But I would say to say, I'll let you know tomorrow, even if you think you do, just because it's always good to check in with that emotional space. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so on your emotional, uh, on your emotional solar plexus. So um, within your emotional solar plexus being your authority, there are three different kinds of waves that can happen with the emotions. So when we talk about an emotional wave, we're talking about the way that your emotions affect you and the people around you. So the wave that you have based on the uh, channel that's coming out, the, like the way that your emotional uh, center is connected, you have this channel going from the sacral to the emotional center. You have a tribal wave, which essentially means that the decisions that you make and the way that you allow your emotions to affect you affects the whole community. It affects all of the people around you. So that decisions that you make carry immense weight. So if for instance, you were to make a big decision like being on somebody's show without thinking about it or without feeling about it rather um, and without uh, checking in with that sacral, you might end up making that decision, signing on for it and then a thousand things after that can happen. You know, uh, it gets in the way of another thing you're supposed to do. It causes somebody else to have problems. There are all sorts of community ramifications for decisions that you make. In the same way, when you make decisions and you are balanced when you make those decisions, you often will positively affect all of the people around you. And I think this speaks very highly to the fact that you have created this space of podcast where you are reaching hundreds of people, millions of people, however many are listening, you know, 
um, so that the things that you do and the way that you deal with your emotions and the way that you handle your decisions really does affect everyone. Is that something that you found in your life? Certainly. Yeah. I've always, I've always been cognizant of how important it is to, uh, to be mindful, aware of the wake that, that, that we all cause, uh, but certainly that, that I am causing for better or for worse. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to expand on that, even the connection between the sacral and the emotional center. So this line that's going between the 59 and the six, that is called the channel of mating or the channel of connecting. Um, on this chart, it's listed as provision. So if you look over to channel, see where it says 0659 provision mating. So this is the channel that puts you in a space of connecting with other people as a, a very intense through line of your life. So it makes a lot of sense that you are creating this channel through which we can all connect with others. So, yeah. Interesting. Why is it called mating? Um, I think because it is connecting the sacral center, which is where sexuality lives, which is where the reproductive organs are controlled by the sacral to the emotions. So it is this space of finding a mate, of finding someone who you can connect with on an intense level um, and being able to create kind of that community space with them. Because as I had said, so having this channel is what makes you, is what creates that tribal emotional wave for you. So this channel is also very connected to the connection of the tribe, of all of the people involved. Um, it's also one that uh, makes it very easy for you to have children. Um, so I, you have two children you had mentioned. So that's very nice, lovely. Um, but yeah, that is, it is this space of connecting people. Got it. Well, that certainly makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next thing that uh, I want to touch on is your definition. So if you look over to the left side where it says definition and you see there it says single. So essentially what definition is, is it discusses how many of your centers are connected in how many like pods-ish. So your centers, you have three defined centers and all three of them are connected to each other, which means that the energy that you are emitting comes from a united place, um, which means that you have the ability to work on your own. Um, generators in general work very well in partnership. They work very well in teams um, because you have that defined sacral, so you're able to do a lot of the work and need to wait for someone to, to, to give you something to respond to. So you need somebody else who can give you something to respond to. Therefore, you work best with others. Um, and what you are doing where you are in conversation with others on a podcast, I find that that is also working with others. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be running something with other people. Um, so especially with this single definition, I think that's 
probably more where this comes in for you because having the single definition makes you more able than some others to work on your own. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, I, uh, I spent a good amount of time thinking about that. I, uh, I, I was a tennis player growing up and that's, that's a one person sport for the most part, unless you're playing doubles. But uh, so that was that. And uh, a lot of the things that I do in writing and creating, although I do have podcast partners um, on a daily basis, there's still a lot of work that I do just kind of by myself. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the, the general overview of, of the chart. Um, the next thing that I would move that I'm, would move into are, are we still good on time do we mm -hmm. yeah okay so i'll move into talking about the centers specifically just so you get an idea of um essentially what they all mean um so each of the centers in human design is loosely connected to like the chakras um and if you look uh at the chart i'll just uh i'll just go through quickly what each one is kind of like what the concepts are around them Great. Um, so that you have an idea. So starting at the top, we have the crown center. Um, it's also called the head center. And this is where ideas are and where answers, the like need for answers comes into play. Um, the next one down is the mind center. Um, the mind center is where we organize information um, and is where we store things like memories uh, are able to, uh, kind of just organization. It's the, it's the space where the pro-con list is made, not the space where the decision is made. <laughs> um, so then moving down into the center below, this is the throat center. Um, the throat is communication. The throat is expression. Um, and this is the place where we can, where we can kind of create with our voices. So I'll get a little more into that later. There's uh, the, the throat is a very big part of human design. Um, the one right below that, the, tr the diamond is called the self-center. Some people call it the G-center. Um, and that's most closely related to the heart chakra. Um, and it's a space of love. It's the space of uh, who am I, knowing where I belong, that kind of thing. Then if we move down onto the small triangle to the right, this one is called the heart center. Um, which is also associated with the heart chakra, but it is more about the ego and the will. Um, so this is where willpower lives. This is where uh, the ability to uh, like will yourself to do things and that kind of having your heart in something comes from. Um, then if we go to the, the circle, circle, the square, in the center, below the self-center, that is the sacral center, which we've already discussed a bit. Um, this is that space where physical energy comes from, the ability to keep going, um, and is that connection to the universe. Um, and this is connected to the reproductive organs um, and to uh, like human connection with the universe. Then if we are looking at the the triangle to the right, that is the emotional center. Um, this is most closely related to the solar plexus in the chakras. 
Um, and this is where the emotions live. So this center is actually connected to a lot of different organ systems as well. So if you've ever had, uh, if, if you're someone who has ever had uh, like stomach issues and they seem to come up and be more difficult when you are anxious, often it's because you have a defined emotional center or uh, you're dealing with a lot of emotions and your emotions affect your whole digestive system. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then the triangle all the way to the left, that is the spleen center. The spleen center is where senses live. So this is where your five senses are and where your survival instinct comes in. So this is the place where fear and worry are going to live um, and where just your really human sense of survival. Then the last one is the root center and that one is down at the bottom, that square at the bottom and the root center is very primal. The root center has one connection. It is to the adrenal glands and it is urgency and drive. This is the part of you that gives you that get up and go to do whatever it is that you need to do next. So when we look at the chart, there will be centers on each person that are colored in and there will be centers that show up as white. So for each of these centers, if it is colored in, it is considered a defined center. And if it is not colored in, it is considered an undefined center. Um, so what does that mean? A defined center is a center where you create reliable energy okay. and are able to express it out into the world. And an undefined center is one that you absorb energy from others, amplify that energy, and reflect it back to them. So a big thing that happens, uh, especially when we're talking about parents and children, um, when we're talking about societal norms coming in, is that when we have open centers, we are susceptible to absorbing the defined energy of others and allowing it to become conditioning. Because when we don't create reliable energy from a center, it can feel, um, it can feel kind of helpless. And when you can absorb energy from somebody else, suddenly it feels like, oh, I can do this thing now. Hmm. But what happens is you are absorbing the way that person uses that energy. And often, if you are in a situation like, for instance, society tells you that you are not supposed to be a certain way. So if you have an open self-center and you absorb this concept of you are supposed to be a certain way, you are supposed to be a certain way. If you're in a community that makes you think you're supposed to be like everyone else, but you know that you're not, then you are going to, you will uh, internalize that conditioning of I'm supposed to be something I am not. And it's from there that we can start to have these conditionings of I can't trust myself. I don't know how to love myself. I don't belong. I don't know how I'm supposed to be able to belong. So with human design, one of the big things we do is kind of dig into those undefined centers and figure out where we learned the things that we picked up and how we can work 
through this conditioning. So I know I just threw a lot at you. So, so the, <laughs> so the defined centers said, that's where I create reliable energy and I can express it onto the world. But it sounds like the undefined centers, that's a lot of the conditioning that's, that's, that's placed upon me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and, and I'm, I'm just absorbing it there because, because it's just not so, active and it's kind of like a collection area. Or you can say, no, so you're wrong. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's a little, it's the kind of thing that uh, it's a little hard to, to understand in the space. You're kind of right, but you also, the time when you connect with others. So go back. One of the things with human design is the idea that when you have energy and you have defined centers, when you come into contact with other people, you have an electromagnetic field around you that puts out the energy that you have to create. So that when you are in close proximity with another person, you are sharing their energy with them. So what happens when we're children specifically is that when we are sharing energy with others, we are also learning how to use our own energy. So the two things get kind of confused. So when we talk about what it feels like to have an open center as an adult versus what it was like as a child, as a child is when we are most likely to pick up that conditioning, when we're most likely to be a sponge, to be absorbing what it means to be human. Whereas when we're adults, it can manifest in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's, it makes us question what we know. Um, sometimes it can uh, kind of make us, make us wonder if we can trust ourselves because we thought we knew something and now we don't know if we do. Um, but the higher vibration of what can happen when you are in the presence of someone who has an energy center defined that you have undefined is that if you are able to know what it is that you're, that you're vulnerable to and you can get on the outside of it, then you're almost able to share the energy of the other person and express it from your own space. Hmm. So that's kind of the goal, if that makes sense. Fascinating. It all yeah. sort of does. I see, uh, yeah. I, see, I see absolutely immense value. I see immense value in all of this, but I, I know how important the work that I've done over the past several years of going back and trying to find that conditioning and and to peel back all those layers. And so it just struck me that when he talked about where you carry that stuff or whatever it is, yeah. it's just so valuable to, yeah. to try to get to the bottom of it. Yep. Um, so before we finish up, I do want to, so I think I'll touch on just a couple of your centers um, because they do stand out to me as I, I'll, I'll touch on a few of these. So we already talked about your defined sacral and your defined emotional center. Um, the other center that you have defined, so you only have three centers defined. The other center you have defined is your self center. So essentially what that means is that you have a very reliable sense of who you are. You know who you are in any given situation. When you show up, you present you. Um, and this is something that can feel easy for you also maybe even a little defiant, the space of I am me and I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Um, Is that something that you find is true in your life? Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) That is awesome. 
being in this <laughs> defined space of self is a beautiful thing to feel that belonging, you know? Um, so because of that, you do also condition those around you with that feeling. And if you're living in that high vibration of loving yourself and knowing that you have so much to offer the world, that's what you're going to condition those around you with. So you're welcome, beautiful. everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. um, so then the next thing on here that's so interesting to me. So you have an undefined throat which as someone who has a podcast is such an interesting thing hmm. because with an undefined throat, you don't create reliable energy from your throat center, which means when you are communicating and when you are expressing, you're often doing it through others and allowing others to do it with you. So the fact that you have this open throat, I think is almost offering space for others to speak, space for others to be able to express and I think that's one of one of the things that makes you such a good interviewer. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and so the thing in here, having that undefined throat that can uh, that can hit us in that more negative conditioning way is that space of being told that we are supposed to be able to communicate in a certain way and then not being able to live up to that. Is that something that you've experienced at all? Say that again. Um, being told that you are supposed to be able to communicate a certain way, for instance, being able to uh, express your emotions through your voice or being able to tell people how things are supposed to work using your voice um, and then feeling kind of less than because you weren't able to do what you were told you were supposed to be able to do. Got it. I, yeah, I think that that it's been an uh, it's been an ongoing and cognizant thing to try to be a better uh, to better express myself in a way that is effective. So, uh, so for sure, the opposite is you talked about how my self center is 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 very prominent. I've never had a problem. I always feel real. I always feel real great about me. Uh, but the opposite, it's not necessarily the opposite that I do need to be constantly working on and, and trying to figure out how I can do a better job of expressing myself. The thing that I often will recommend in this space is to default to your defined centers. So exactly what you're saying right now, you have a defined self-center. So you can default to that defined self-center. So rather than trying to communicate from a place of saying the right words, Mm. or being super eloquent, or, you know, being able to tell people exactly what they need to hear, you can express from a place of I know who I am and what I'm here to do. And when you start to speak, I had a client the other day who I asked them why they wanted to do what they wanted to do, because they were having trouble uh, getting started in the business. And I said, why do you want to do this? And they lit up. Immediately, and this is someone who had an undefined throat, but a defined self-center. Hmm. And they started talking about what it was and why they were here and why they have to do what they have to do. And it was just, it was very empowering. So it's being able to ground into the parts of you that you do create reliable energy from. Um, and since that self-center is directly connected to your sacral center, you have a very reliable sense of being able to hear what the universe needs for you to do and then hearing it through your 
yourself and knowing that you know who you are and what you need to do based on this connection to your gut. So it all comes back to stop using your brain, George. Stop using your brain. That's the, <laughs> the last thing I want to say is that you have undefined head mind centers. Um, and what that means is that you don't create reliable things in your brain. It's just not, not how you're designed. <laughs> no, I do not. That's... <laughs> I also have undefined head and mind centers. Um, <laughs> and the thing that uh, the thing that I have been learning to do and the thing that really, really helps is to think of your brain, of your mind and head centers as kind of like like a screen door. Everything flows through. And because everything flows through, you have the ability to have thoughts even from other people come into your mind and be able to grab them. Oh, oh, that was inspiration moment. So because your these spaces are open and you are taking in information from others, it gives you the space where you can read minds, essentially. It gives you a place where you can kind of see where the conversation is going before it gets there. You can be in the space of always being in the moment and always being present with what's happening right now rather than having to get lost in being caught in the space of the mind and making and knowing where everything is and seeing all of the things. So it makes you, it, it makes it easier for you to be present in conversation. Hmm. At least that's, that's how I've experienced it. I like it. Yeah. Well, it certainly does make sense. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think where I'm, where I'm going to, is it? I think there's one more thing that I want to read to you before we finish. Please. Um, so uh, the way that I always like to finish my sessions is to touch on the core life purpose. So when we look at sounds the chart- like, Sounds like we shouldn't skip that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so when we look at the chart, if you look at the two numbers at the very top, on the black side and the red side. These are the gates that are in your sun, the two sun gates that you have. This is your conscious sun on the right side in the black and your unconscious sun on the left side in the red. Um, I like to use two different, I, I, I use traditional human design, but I also use uh, quantum human design, which is, it was created by Karen Curry Parker. Um, who wanted to use human design to kind of bring us to a more high vibrational place rather than to fix problems. Um, because I think human design can very easily be used as a problem solving tool. Um, but the way that she wanted to utilize it was more of kind of raising yourself into the highest vibration. So she has written a, a bunch of these beautiful little tidbits about each gate that kind of discuss the highest vibration of each gate. So the two gates that show up in your sun are the core of your life's purpose. So I'm going to read you the little tidbits that Karen Curry Parker has to say about the highest vibration of who you are. So the first one, your, uh, your uh, conscious sun gate is gate 28. Um, and the point, the decimal afterwards, that's actually something totally different. That's the profile numbers, not something we would get into much later. Um, so we're just looking at that first number. So if anyone is following along, it's just that first number. Um, so gate 28 in Karen Curry Parker 
uh, her thing here, is the gate of adventure or challenge. And the mastery is to learn to share from your personal experience, your struggles and your triumphs, to persevere and to know that the adventures in your life deepen your ability to transform life into a meaningful journey, to understand that your struggles help deepen the collective ideas about what is truly valuable and worthy of creating. Powerful. That sounds yeah. like me. Yeah. Yeah. I can, yeah, I can, I can feel that. I bet all those um, are awesome though. It's kind of like fortune, you know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> kind of, except that this one is your personal yeah. life purpose. Um, awesome. And then the second one there, the top there is 31, your unconscious. And this, I also have this one actually as one of my core purpose. So kinship. Um, <laughs> uh, so this one is the leader. And this mastery is the ability to be able to listen, learn, hear, and serve the people you lead, and to assume and value your right leadership position as the voice for the people you are leading. So essentially, you are someone who is going to lead us into a higher space using the experiences and the adventures and the challenges that you have come up to in your life. And that is where you are meant to get your power and your influence from. I'm doing it. I'm in. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, this has been awesome, Kayla. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, so Walk us through walk us through the steps again. If uh, somebody is interested in learning more about human design, where would you direct them? How can they get a chart? And then, when they want to connect with you, how how do they do that? So the first thing I would recommend you do is to go to freehumandesignchart.com um, and download your chart. And I believe on there, once you put in your email address, you'll get a, uh, an email to be able to get a free ebook. And that ebook actually describes every one of the types. Um, so it'll kind of, if you read through it, it's like 50 pages long, it's a lot, but it would give you a pretty detailed overview of what is going on in your chart. Um, or if you would rather just talk to somebody about it, you can always come to me to get a reading done. Um, and then I can go through the whole thing with you. Um, so the best way to get in contact with me, you can either email me. My email address is KaylaRebeccaMason at gmail.com. Um, or you can uh, go to my website. And on my website, you'll be able to see a little bit more about what I do, um, the, the way that I go about things. I, I do human design as uh, almost, I use it as a tool. Um, I do readings just like this, but then after that point, sometimes I will continue with human design and do more of a, just a diving further into the chart, because as you can see, there are a lot of other things on the chart that may or may not have been touched on, the gates, the channels, all of the different uh, areas. So there's a lot to get dive into. Um, and the other option would be holistic health coaching, where I work with my clients on essentially guiding them toward where they want to go next in general. Um, we do a lot of work spiritually. We do guided meditations in those sessions. And I use human design more as a tool along with coaching. 
um, to uh, help us to get to the place where you really want to be. Um, so my website is kaylacare.liveeditaurora.com. Um, and I'm sure that George will put that in the thing below because I know that's a lot of, a lot of words. Um, but my business is called Kayla Care, um, and you'll be able to read all about it on the website. Awesome. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Kayla your appreciation and share today's show and the previous show with other folks. Uh, go to her website, and I will list that right in the notes. So you can just click directly on it or shoot her an email at KaylaRebeccaMason at gmail.com. And you can get your uh, chart at freehumandesignchart.com. And obviously, you've got a sense of what the process looks like and the insights that you can gain. So if you are a curious person as I am, and you are interested in optimizing your life and to figure out if you are feeling frustrated or feeling like you're just not in the flow or feeling like you should be doing more different, then I can't encourage you enough to, uh, to, to start learning more about this and to pursue it. And you certainly have a sense for how Kayla operates and you can tell how awesome she is. So check that out. Thanks again, Kayla. Thank you so much. This was so wonderful. <laughs> and until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.